welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. guest or listening online today, we're thankful for you to be here today talking about this movie, Ordinary Angels, and the series we've been kind of basing on that's going to be released uh, this Thursday. And the, the theme that we've talked about the last couple weeks from this movie is that hope helps us find our purpose. Every single one of us have been designed by God with a purpose in mind, and our hope can help us find that. And we've been talking um, throughout this year about how God has some big things in planned for us in 2024. And I'm excited for all that God's been doing. It's going to be a fun ride. My my phrase I've been telling you guys is buckle up, get ready, (laughs) because God's moving and God's doing some cool stuff. We're going to hear about that today. But we've we've been talking about, too, as as you know, our ministries here at the church. We've been part of helping Pathway Shelter for the Homeless, um, the Gathering Grounds initiative we started last fall with Discovery Church. And God's just doing some amazing things. We got some awesome people that help and serve out there, which is great. A couple weeks ago, we introduced you to Cassie Nagel and the River City Domestic Violet Shelter um, and how we are going to be partnering with them to support their ministry there. Um, We have some people that have stepped up and already done some things. I'm excited to tell you that as a church, we are going to be gifting 10 tickets to Ordinary Angels to River City Domestic Violet Shelter. So, yeah, you can give it up. That's, That's exciting. Yeah, all right. And thank you, because we're going we're gonna to say, hey, this is our gift to you, and we're going to have some people that maybe are in some tough life spots, but what a blessing to say, listen, we love you, and we just want you to have a nice, feel-good movie to go watch and just kind of maybe forget about things for a while. So we're excited to partner with that and, and Cassie with that as well. Um, there, uh, we're going to talk about an opportunity today that, again, I've been talking about, kind of teasing you, we're excited to share. Um, but also, in addition to that, so we have Pathways, um, Connecting uh, Gathering Grounds, um, Domestic Violet Shelter, um, what we're going to talk about today. There's another ministry that we're going to be talking about later, and all of this is going to kind of tie together. I can't announce it yet, um, and I know you guys hate it when I do that, and you say, you just do that so we'll come back. Yes, that's exactly why I do it, okay? But there's some things going on, and um, it's really exciting, and I can't talk about it publicly yet, and the reason why is because it might kind of detriment what we're doing, but once we talk about that, it's going to all kind of come together, so um, that's going to come around. So today, we're going to talk about what God's doing, and to start it off, to start this conversation, um, I just got a question that I want to ask, and we've asked this question before, is God's word my authority? And if you've been part of Celebrate, you've heard me talk about this, and I've said it before, every person has an authority that they live by. Every man, woman, and child you meet has an authority they live by. For some, it's whatever feels right to me. And what they're saying is, I'm my own authority. I get to decide what's right. I get to decide what's wrong. And the problem with that mindset is sometimes I might think differently than you. (laughs) And it can be a struggle. But who's your authority? For some people, their authority is culture. Whatever's popular, whatever's, whatever's good going on right now, that's what I follow. I follow the opinion of other people. Other people are now your authority that you live by. For some people... It's their political beliefs, and whatever their political bent is, that's their authority, and that's who I love and serve by and and live my life by. Can I just say, for me, I've settled the question in my heart. God's word is my authority, 
and that's who I follow, and that's what I live by. And before you agree with that too quickly, all right, here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes we like God's word when it benefits us. Let me give you an example. When I am in need of forgiveness, I really like God's word because God's word says that God forgives me and all. I can come to him and I can confess my sins and he is faithful and just and will forgive me my sins. I really like that. You know where that's hard? It's when I have to forgive someone else. See, when somebody hurts me and does something to me, because Jesus said this, he said, if you forgive other people, I will forgive you. If you don't forgive other people, there's no way I can forgive you. That's hard, isn't it? See, is God's word your authority? There's, there's some other things that, that you know, God's word can, can be when it benefits us. For example, when, when he says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. <sighs> when I'm the enemy, I like that, right? I tell people that. How about this? When people gossip about me, uh, I don't like that. I want to confront that sin. I want to tell them, you should stop talking about that. But then when I start talking about someone else, and sometimes we share it as, I have a, a, something I need your prayer for, and then we share something that's actually just kind of gossip, right? That's, is God's word my authority? Do we really do what it says? See, Jesus says in his word, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days a week belong to you, but this one day, this Sabbath day, that belongs to God. How are we doing with that, church? Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Not that you will just get a head knowledge of what my, my word says, but you'll actually do what it says. Who is my authority? Is God's word your authority? Do you live out what he has already said? And if I could just take it a step further, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, or if you're, you're listening online, that is one of the reasons why you don't go to church. And, I, and I've had conversations with people, they say, listen, I hear that Christians and Jesus followers talk about this, but I watch how they live, and it just doesn't add up. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're right about that. If God's word's my authority, how am I going to live my life? I'm going to live my life the way God says it. And as your pastor, who I love you dearly, and I pray for you often, I don't want to beat you down with this, okay? So don't feel um, condemned or anything. But what I want to try to say is my role is I teach God's word. I study his word. I try to teach it. I try to live it out the best I can. And then my job is to let the Holy Spirit do the work in your life. So as we talk about things that are from God's word, again, if you say God's word's my authority, let's look at it together. Let's let the Holy Spirit lead us. Let's look at his word and trust what he has to say. So today, we're going to look at one of those such things. And it's something that's in God's word that's very important to him. If you've got your Bibles, um, you can go to that right now. If you don't have a Bible, um, we'd love to get you one. It's also version. It's a free app on any smartphone and device. You can download it right now. Today, I'm going to recommend, usually I say, go with me to the verses. I'm going to actually recommend you don't do that today. I'm going to kind of be jumping around a lot. So you can write down these verses. If you're part of Connect and Celebrate, you should have got a text message for our online um, interactive note sheets. I would highly recommend you follow that today because I'm going to be in lots of different places. And, and what we're going to start with is we're going to talk about a topic <laughs> that's connected to our um, what we're going to be announcing today. And so what that means is, just to set it up for you, there was a guy named Moses. You maybe heard of Moses before. And the nation of Israel had been in Egypt and had been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. God's chosen people, this family, had moved to Egypt, and now they're slaves in Egypt. 
And that amount of time, if you want to think about from the time the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock until now, that's about the same distance of time we're talking about. And God, in a miraculous way, went down, led Moses to the children of Israel, led them out of captivity, out of Egypt, where they were foreigners in Egypt, and promised to take them to a promised land. And almost immediately after they left Egypt, God was very clear with this nation. He said, listen, we're going to set up a nation that's going to restore humanity. And from that came Jesus Christ. But he said, I need you to understand my heart, who I am as your God that you serve. And so he gave them lots of laws to follow. And the first one we're going to look at is Exodus chapter 22, verse 21. Again, this is right after they left Egypt. Listen to what God's word says. Do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner, for you were foreigners in Egypt. Immediately after leaving Egypt, God wanted to remind this nation, do not forget where you came from. Do not forget that for 400 years you lived in a foreign country and you were slaves in that. Remember that. Look at Exodus 23, 9, the very next chapter. Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. God understood our human condition, how quickly we can forget it. And he wanted the children of Israel to remember, you didn't like to be mistreated that way. Do you remember what that feels like to be discriminated against, to be oppressed? How do you wish the Egyptians would have treated you? That's how I'm asking you to treat other people. As they continued on their journey, God gave more laws. In Leviticus 19, this is what he writes, verse 33. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Today in the United States of America, 21st century, we have this idea that every human being has worth. Every person has value. Please understand, that was not all of human history. When Moses talked to the nation of Israel and he said this phrase, listen, every human being has worth, that was a radical stance to take. That was not normal. And in fact, I would contend, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, this is one of the reasons you should follow Jesus Christ, because this originated with the God of the Hebrew people. He said, listen, every human being has worth, and they need to be treated that way with dignity, even if they look different from you, even if they talk differently from you, even if they act differently from you. Do not oppress them. He goes on, Numbers 15, 15. The community is to have the same rules for you and for the foreigner residing among you. This is a lasting ordinance for all generations to come. You and the foreigner shall be the same before the Lord. There is to be no favoritism. There is a natural human tendency for us to drift to those who look like us, who sound like us, who act like us. Not so in the kingdom of God. God has a rainbow of diversity, and he likes diversity. And he says, listen, even though people don't act like you, look like you, talk like you, you are still to treat them all the same. And there are laws, and there are rules that we need to follow, and everyone needs to follow those rules as well. But listen, you are no better than another human being. So the nation of Israel moved into this land, 
And just to kind of give you the fast-forward version, it didn't go well. <laughs> they did not follow God's commands. And God would send prophets along, and one of the prophets' name was Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah 7, 5, listen to what God says as he's confronting this nation about becoming holy like them. Verse 5, if you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other's justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. And if you do not follow other gods or harm them, I will let you live in this place. In the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever and ever. God established the nation of Israel, a physical kingdom, to represent the spiritual kingdom that was to come. The restoration of planet earth was to come through these people and God had a purpose for the nation of Israel that he has for you and I today as this church. We are to be the providers of justice. There is a right, there is a wrong. We are to stand up for that. We are to protect the innocent, those who are in need of help, those who are oppressed. We are to be the beacons of benevolence. We are to help people generously with what we have been given. Why do, should we do that, God? Because <laughs> he did it for us. God took this nation from a foreign land, raised them up, gave them a land, and said, listen, you are to be my light on the world. And it's the same thing that God does for us today. I got one more to show you. Psalm 46, 9. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Friends, how we treat other people matters to God. Can I just say, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, how you treat other people matters. How can you say in one breath that I follow Jesus and I love him, but you speak ill about another person or you discriminate against another person? This is one of the things why, um, just so you know, Celebrate Community Church, um, we, we call it Celebrate Community Church because we want to major on community, right? Um, our denomination, we are a Wesleyan church, and for those of you who don't know about Wesleyan churches, um, there was a group of people back in the 19th century who looked at American slavery and said, that is sin, to oppress and, and looked at God's word, right? And it was a controversial topic at the time. But they said, listen, to oppress a group of people that way is immoral and it's against God's law and we have to be away from that. And there was part of a denomination and they actually broke away from that denomination because that denomination was enabling slavery. They weren't speaking out against it, but they were just enabling it. And there's people that said, no, we have to stand up for that. And that's why I'm proud to be part of a Wesleyan church. Because we look back 100 years later and we think, oh, if I would have been there, boy, I wish I would have been on the right side of history, right? Boy, I wish I would have stood up and said, yes, that's not okay. And, and some of the people that did that, please understand, in the South, they were martyred for that. They were lynched because they took a stand and said, listen, when I read God's word, we can't do that. It's not okay. Please understand, God asks the same from us today. There's times that we need to make a stand. And we need to say, listen, this isn't okay. And sometimes there can be a risk to that, right? But God's word doesn't change. It's the same. And I mentioned here, there is more than 30 times, more than 30 times in God's word that God specifically directs us to care for the immigrant. I just showed you six of them. 
Now, I seriously considered going through all 30 of them, but I know you guys have lunch, right? <laughs> you don't want to be here all day, but, but I'm, I'm trying to make the point, and I hope you hear it. I hope you see it in my heart, how much this burns inside of me for passionate to understand. As followers of Jesus Christ, if God's word is my authority, friends, this is not optional. This is who we are. This is what we are supposed to be. Now, some might argue, well, that's the Old Testament, Pastor. We live in the New Testament now, right? Okay, but here's the thing you need to understand. I, the Lord, do not change. We change as human beings, see? Israel broke the covenant with God, which is why Jesus came to restore that covenant, and he's the fulfillment of all of that. So we broke that covenant, but God restored it. But God's heart hasn't changed. Let me give you an example from the New Testament that you might be familiar with. There was a man who lived in Galilee, and he was pledged to be married to a, a, his wife. And before they were come together, she was found to be pregnant. And this lady was named Mary. And she said, it became by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, yeah, right. And they ostracized her. And this man named Joseph, he was forced to move from Galilee to Bethlehem to be part of a tax. So he was displaced from his home. Are you with me, church? There's a guy named Joseph and his, his wife, Mary, she's pregnant. They were displaced from their home. They were sent to live in the city of David where he was from in Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. You remember the story? This is Christmas. And Jesus came along. And then a murderous, brutal dictator by the name of Herod said, I'm going to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem. Look at what happened. Joseph, Matthew chapter 2, verse 14. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said to the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Friends, care for the immigrant is close to the heart of God because his own son had to experience that. As a parent, what would you do to protect your children? I'd like to think I was like Joseph, where I would move my family. I would get away from that. I would try to protect and save my family from this murderous people. He lived it out. Can I just say it one more time? This is not a political issue. This is not a government problem to fix, which, by the way, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. You can look at how the government's doing with this right now, and I just say, how's that working for you? <laughs> it's not going well either way. In the kingdom of God, if God's word is your authority, care for the immigrant is who we are. This is how we're supposed to do this. Now, <laughs> now that I'm done beating on you, <laughs> all right? I want to lighten it up for a little bit. It's easy to be overwhelmed. I know that there can be a lot of emotions on this. I know there can be a lot of different ideas. I know there can be passions on both sides. It's a big issue. But can I give you some good news? You guys ready for some good news? You don't have to save the world. God already did that, all right? God has called us to live out his purposes. And what we have to do as a congregation that's living in this culture, we have to say, how can we as God's chosen people in Yankton, South Dakota, live this out in my life, in my family, and in my community. So, now that we have all that set up, I'm going to tell you what that looks like. And this is, I'm, guys, I'm so excited about this. I'm so proud of what God is doing through this because this is how this should work. If you don't know, here in Yankton, South Dakota, we have a group of people 
a, a team of people called Connecting Cultures. That's the shirt I'm wearing. And uh, Rita Nelson is part of that, and she's here. We know Rita. She's been part of our church for quite a while. And Sarah Brent is the president of that. And they're, they're joining us here today. And this is why we're talking about this um, for a couple different reasons. Number one, I'm going to tie it back to our movie for a second. Okay? Our movie's called what? Ordinary Angel. Okay, you guys got it, right? Ordinary Angels. And, and here's what it was. People in their communities saw a need and said, I'm going to step out, I'm going to help. They're ordinary angels. Now, these two ladies might disagree with this, but I have the microphone right now. These are two ordinary angels in our community. When it comes to serving, when it comes to living out this purpose, I've seen them in action. It's amazing. And, and first of all, can we just thank them for that? So here I'll tell you how this all ties in. I, I had the privilege of being part of this group now for, for quite a while. And um, one of the biggest challenges that we're facing, and again, I don't care where you're at politically, right? This is, this is not that issue. This is the human issue. And, and we have people in our community that are in need, that are coming to our community. One of the biggest needs that we keep hearing is that there are people who need to go through the immigration process. It's very costly, it takes a lot of time, and it can be very complicated. I don't know if you know this, but government has a tendency to make things more complicated, not less, right? Okay, It's hard to get through, and it's expensive. And again, if you're a family who's coming here and you're fleeing from, I've heard stories of families who are fleeing from just horrible things that I would leave too, right? How do we make this easy? How do we go through this? Well, what you might not know, some of you know, our Wesleyan Church, we have a program called Immigrant Connection. Um, and what that means is it's low-cost legal services for people who are in immigration to become citizens. And the rest of the story is Pastor Dave Norman. Um, he's part of our Celebrate Network. He's a friend of mine. He moved to Mankato, Minnesota to plant a church. He just happened to do it in 2020. Okay? If you remember your history, 2020 is not a good time to plant a church, you know, because they were like banned from meeting. It was a lot restrictor over in Minnesota. So Dave had to figure out a way to help out. And, and Dave knows his word. Can I just say it? Dave, God's word is, is Dave's authority. And so he looked around, he found this program, Immigrant Connection. He became a licensed Department of Justice servant under Immigrant Connection so he could help immigrants low-cost legal services for immigration. So I'm sitting in these meetings with Rita and Sarah. They're hearing we have this need. So I go and I have a conversation with Dave, and I'm like, I think we could, like, I think this is something we could do. And Dave agreed. And so out of the goodness of his heart, um, Dave came down to Yankton, uh, August, I think it was, and did a, what's called a pop-up. So he said, hey, I'm going to help five families. They were able to kind of get them the legal services, go through the process. Dave is able to offer this at a low cost, like I said. Um, he, he's great with it. It was a wonderful thing. And um, so it just was amazing. We were able to help five families um, find that. And I just got a text from Dave this week that one of the people actually just got their official whatever citizenship thing. So, you know, so that's awesome, right? We have people that are actually being helped with that. So yeah, you can give it up for that. So I invited Sarah and Rita, of course you guys know Rita, to come here, and I want them to share just a little bit more about Connecting Cultures. Sarah, you can come on up here, and uh, just share a little bit about Connecting Cultures and what that means, and kind of how this has worked with uh, Immigrant Connection, too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me take your time this morning, all of you. Um, so yeah, my name is Sarah Brandt. I am from Yankton. Um, I grew up here. Uh, I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Um, so it, I mean, when you talk about, I'm just going to tie in some of your message and things that you guys said as well. Um, 
when you talk about God's timing, like everything that I've done in my life has kind of led up to this and to have me do what I need to do to help people. Um, and you know, when you spoke, Pastor Jeff, I, I resonated with a lot of it. Um, my passion is for humans. We're all humans, the humanity at the root of it. We are all here on this earth. And it's hard for me to wrap my brain around foreigners and others. We're all on earth and we are all humans. And so like, who's to say that we get to say who gets to go where on this earth when government comes in and decides who gets to be where? It's not, you can't just choose to go and live in another country and have work in another country. There's so many barriers um, within legal processes to do that. Um, so even when you say like as a parent, you know, I feel that I have two young kids, um, you, you're going to do anything to save them. There are things standing in your way, not letting you escape something really dangerous or really harmful or really hurtful or limiting to your family. And you don't get to choose where you live because of all of these parameters that are set up for you. And it's, it's, it breaks down the humanness of us. And, um, you know, some people get to live in some places and some not. Um, the other thing I'd like to think about, too, is at what point do you not, what, at what point are you not a foreigner? When we look back in our family lineage, so I'm brown looking, right? I look brown. My mom is white. She has German heritage, and my dad is brown, and he has Hispanic heritage. So on my dad's side, we came back only three generations ago, but on my mom's side, it was only two generations ago. So on the brown side, I'm actually here longer than I was on the white side, which is interesting, right? And at what point does my family not become foreigners? Who says that I get to be here because I'm not a foreigner because I was born here? And, you know, these families that are coming, they have kids that are either, you know, born just recently and have grown up their whole childhood here or are born here. So all of a sudden that child is not a foreigner, but then they're still treated differently. Um, uh, when I talk about connecting cultures, so I do want to give just a definition of culture and how we kind of got to immigrant connection. When we say culture, it's everything. It's not just skin color. It's not just what country you're from. It's not just that you speak a different language. But when we look around, I know you say, like, if somebody doesn't look like us, truthfully, we are all different. We are all unique individuals, whether you're male, whether you're female, what age you are, what church you go to, where you live, what region, what, you know, what dialect of English you speak. Even if you don't speak another language, if you speak English differently, I go to Minnesota and they make fun of me, my Boston friends make fun of me. You know, we have different ways of speaking and that makes you unique. Um, also, what amount of money you make makes you a different group than us, than someone else. Um, what kind of educational background, what job you're in, that is all unique to you. And so when we talk about culture and even like physical ability, if you have, you know, I have herniated discs that I'm struggling with right now. <laughs> um, and so my lifestyle is different than someone who doesn't. And so that is all unique to your own experience and everything that you bring to the table. And so with connecting cultures, we just want to make sure that if anyone in any of those different categories is experiencing some barriers, some downfall, something that we can help them with in our community, thrive to have the best life possible in our community, we're going to do it. So it's not, like I said, it's not just limited to being from a different country, but immigrant connection is a, is a big point, a big push for us. There are people moving into Yankton that are from other countries and they're struggling a lot, whether it's language, whether it's access, there's not really great public transportation that's accessible. It's cold in Yankton, it's not great to walk a very far. Um, you know, accessing healthcare, accessing services. Um, we want, and us at Connecting Cultures, Rita, you've done so much work um, with it. We want people to have access to these great services, and a lot of us have e are either a part of those services providing them, so thank you for what you do. Um, and so we just want to make sure that everybody can access them. So with the immigration piece of it, um, what Dave Norman does is 
all of these people that are coming, they're coming lawfully. It's not people that are coming here undocumented, hiding. None of that is true. <laughs> here it is, they are coming. They have a piece of paper that says you're allowed across the border, but that's it. There's no work permit. You can't work. Um, so if you can't work, how are you going to pay for a house? How are you going to pay for a car? How are you going to pay for medical expenses? Um, you know, especially if you have children, how are you going to feed them? Um, and then all of the other services like Medicaid and things like that, if you don't have access to health care and access, to, how are you going to live here? Um, and the things that they are escaping are truly terrible. Um, and so they, they're coming here for a better opportunity. I would too. Um, and so with Immigrant Connection, what Dave Norman does, and also with God's timing, I was really reflecting on that as you said that. Rita and I, we've been working on this for five, six years with Connecting Cultures, just trying to figure out a solution. These people need access to immigration, legal immigration services. People who are professionals, who understand the legal process and can guide them through that, through those steps. Um, we have such a dry spot in all of the Midwest for legal services. In Sioux Falls, there are two. Um, Yankton, zero. In the Midwest, once you start getting closer to Minneapolis, there are some more. But what happens is, is an immigration attorney, attorneys, okay, so they go to law school and it's either to make money or to help people. <laughs> and when you are helping someone, it's often people that can't pay. <laughs> So these people that are coming across the border with no money and can't work, how are they supposed to afford to help pay for paperwork to allow them to continue and to get a work authorization and to continue with residency? Um, and so when those, you know, so even those lawyers that are helping people, there are so many different tracks of immigration. So I want to just like a little bit of educationally into how people can come through. Depends on what country you're from. Um, you've heard maybe the term refugees. You don't get to choose to be a refugee. It just happens that if you are from a country that is in such turmoil that national, internationally your country is designated as a place of refugees, then you are a refugee. You don't get to choose or sign up or apply to be a refugee, you're designated. And they get a lot of support because they are designated such turmoil. So like Sudan, Ukraine, um, Venezuelans, they are coming over as refugees. Um, what we're seeing here are asylum, or, or not, sorry, before asylum, parolees. So they're not quite refugees and they're not quite not refugees. So they're getting some benefits and that's where we're seeing a huge pop population of individuals. It's Cubans and Venezuelans. So a lot of some, so the Spanish speakers that are here, they're not all Cuban. There are, there are 30 different languages spoken in the Yankton area. And so Spanish is one of the 30, so don't, I don't want to generalize. But there are a lot of Cubans coming here, and they have some privileges, but not all. And then there's asylum seekers who have basically no privileges at all. You're allowed to be here, no access to anything, um, good luck, It is kind of the motive once they come across. Um, and so with them, what Dave Norman does is he's, he allows them to pay a small reduced fee. A lot of times these people come and they just live with family members, they live with friends, and they support them. It's the family and friends that have work authorization, they are citizens, um, they have residency, and they can work, and they basically support them through it. They'll maybe clean their house, they'll maybe take care of their kids in exchange for food and shelter. Um, and then what Dave Norman does is he can allow them them to apply for that next step to be able to get a job, to be able to pay back the person that supported them for a couple years with their children. And it, it really is tough. And so what we've done at Connecting Cultures um, 
is rely on that. And we, you know, we were trying to figure out what is the solution to this. And all of a sudden Jeff came out of left field and he's like, actually I have another person that can help. And I'm like, what, <laughs> how, how does this work? Uh, God, right? I, I, that's the only thing I can, I can come up with. Um, and so Dave Norman came in. I was like, I didn't even know you existed. Didn't know you could help with this. Didn't know we could do this at this such a reduced rate. Um, and so, you know, we were able to fill him full of clients and customers right away. We have so many people with this need here hundreds <laughs> to the thousands. There are people here that need these services. Um, unfortunately, with such a lack of attorneys, um, there are people who claim to be legal help and will do it at a rate, but they really don't help them or maybe they even hurt their process through going through immigration services. And so we want to not, you know, we want to turn them towards people that can actually help them and not just use them in their situation, in their circumstance to just take their money. Um, we want to help them. And, you know, there are families, there are children in this, and, and we want them to have food, we want them to have shelter, we want them to be able to, and they, and, you know, Rita's portion as well, you know, she's been so heavy in Yankton Thrive with Yankton Workforce. Um, people are coming here, there are jobs that are open that need workers. They're not filling jobs or taking jobs from anyone else. These are jobs that just, we need people to work and people are not staying to work. And so they're actually filling a huge need in our community economically. Um, and then, you know, we all know that housing is hard. There's not very many options and not good prices. Um, so we're just working through all of these issues in addition to it. But Dave Norman can really help with that process with Immigrant Connection. Um, and, and this really has been just so serendipitous with God's path of leading us to be connected, for you to be there, for that need to be met. So um, I just, I, and I also want to commend the congregation and Pastor Jeff um, in how genuine you guys are with your faith. It's not just, yes, it is word and we turn to the word for guidance, but I see action in a lot of you and in what you guys are doing. And so that's, that's incredible. And, you know, I really see God within your actions and what you guys choose to do. So thank you for all that you guys do as a congregation of this church as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. Rita, yeah. will you come on up here too? Rita, why don't you just share a little bit about your, your role in this and, and what that's mm -hmm. looked like too. So, um, I would share that it's a journey and it's something that we cannot do alone. So it's a, a big part of the connecting cultures is really the connecting and knowing that change needs to happen or that we want to be a welcoming community, we want to help people, we want to, you know, be that person to do the work that we're being called to do, our purpose, but we can't do it alone. And so that connecting is such a big part of it. And that's really been, the, probably the key, we have that connecting first in our group name because and that's what I find we're doing. And also being patient with God's path and open to God's waiting. I heard a comment at one of the immigrant connections is being patient for God to call individuals to come forward and help along the journey. And that, I think, has been really a big part of what Connecting Cultures is doing, is that we're, we're being available for individuals to come, and we welcome you to join our group and meet with us and know that, no, you don't have to do it alone, and we can't do it alone. So we need these connections, and we invite you to be a connection. 
there's a, a third person who wasn't able to make it today. Her name's on the screen, Erica. And um, I know, Sarah, Sarah, I do have some stuff from Erica. Erica want, couldn't be here today, but she had some stuff that she wanted to share, and she's a key piece of that. So, Sarah, I'll let you kind of talk let me about just that. Pull this up yeah. here really quick. Um, she, I mean, Erica, so what she does within Yankton, and this is part of Connecting Cultures as well, we reached out to South Dakota Voices for Peace. They're out of Sioux Falls. Um, they also just help. Uh, communities. So what we were able to do is they actually offered to hire Erica, but have her stationed out of Yankton. So it's actually a Sioux Falls group who would have benefited from another person working in Sioux Falls, but instead offered that person to work in Yankton. So another God moment. Um, and so she has been able to work with clients, help them get health care, help them get you know, education, help them get housing, help them find employment. She is fantastic. She has so many talents, so many gifts, and she really pours herself into helping others. So she is fantastic. So with David Norman coming, you know, with her clients that she has already been meeting, all of them need that immigration help. That is not Erica's, you know, forte. That's not what you should do if you're not certified in it. And so she was able to get all the paperwork, get it all collected, get the people running through. Um, and David Norman was just so impressed with her and her abilities to get people um, to come to um, his services. But I mean, the biggest thing is, is that these people don't have access to legal services in general, one. Um, the fact that he can come here to Yankton in person at such a reduced rate is incredible. Um, these are things that people don't even have access to in Sioux Falls or Sioux City, bigger places that are in our, you know, neighboring to us. So it is, it is fantastic that we are able to offer that to people here in Yankton. Um, and then, yeah, she just said it is, um, let's see. Her advocacy allows individuals in the community who would otherwise not be able to afford anything to be able to become a citizen, to have access to qualified um, resources and within from a trustworthy source because people are really turning to whoever for help when you're in that dire need of, I don't have a job, I don't have anything to pay, my, to pay for food for my child to eat, you will turn to anyone and so we wanna make sure that who they have is a trusted resource. So she has um, been so thankful for him to come for that and just so impressed um, at the rate at which we can push people through um, to be able to have access to those resources. Thank you both. I really yeah. appreciate it so much. And I, can we give it up for them one more time? I just. And I hope you don't miss what Sarah said. And just, it like, this is how this works, guys. It is God calls us, right? We're, we're called to this community. We're called to be faithful to him. We're called to, to be obedient to his word. And we're just called to listen to see what's, what's, what we can do and how we can help and how we can be a part of what God's already doing. And, and as I'm sitting there, like I said, listening to Reed and Sarah, I was just like, I think we might have possible solution to this and, and and it's been that way and so you guys have been a part of this and so thank you for that and so we're going to continue this partnership we're kind of in conversations right now as to what that looks like what that means um, I don't have anything official right now but I wanted just to have them come here and share it with you you guys know Rita Rita's part of our congregation and which is awesome and and we believe that we can have a, a place here we can be a a bridge in a sense for people that are coming to our community that need this help and and oh, by the way they might need a church, right? A, a group of people that'll come alongside them and say, listen, we, we love you. We're going to accept you. Welcome home. We're glad you're here, and, and we can help connect with that. And so that's where we're going to be a part of in seeing that. And it's just fun to see how God's already working, and we just kind of join along with what he's doing. So um, again, I don't, I don't want to overwhelm you with this, but I'm just going to ask you, number one, we're going to be in prayer um, for um, Immigrant Connections, for Connecting Cultures. 
um, for the people that are coming. But the second thing is Dave will be coming back here. We don't have a date officially, but he does what's called a pop-up where he says he meets with Erica, meet with their families. How cool would it be if we were there on that time and we just welcome them there? Maybe we have like a gift basket for them or some just a nice little way to say, hi, we're glad you're here. Welcome, those types of things. I don't know. I'm just thinking through that. So what are some things that we could do for that? Um, ways that we can support the families and stay connected with that. If someone here today has a passion for that and say, listen, God's jumping in your heart right now and you say, I want to help out. I want to be part of that. Um, Erica, and, sorry, Erica, Sarah and Rita are, are going to be here and, and come talk with them. Talk with me, you know, and see what, what God can do with that. Because I believe the local church is the hope of the world. I'm going to say it one more time. The government is not the answer to the solution. Jesus Christ is the answer to the solution. And, and we can be the church and we can help out and we can be part of that church. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.